This message is brought to you by Cornerstone Gospel Church in Frankston, Australia. It's so good to be with you. I bring you greetings from the church family in Brisbane. I think um, through the years that Pastor Philip was the senior pastor of CWM, there was an ability in his capacity as a, as a man of God to join men together. And I think the overflow of that is Lionel's and my relationship, Pastor Gary and Pastor Werner's from Kingsway and John Shipman and other brothers and brother, certainly Brother Paul, um, um, Homer. Um, there's a linking of, of believers together. And I think in these last days, those who love the Lord do need that uh, understanding of fellowship, of family. Um, family is so important. In fact, for me, family is the priority because out of family, it flows over into what the church is because Christ is preparing a bride. It's all about the idea of the marriage. This oneness that is in marriage overflows into the oneness that is in the family of God. We are being brought into, by adoption, into the family of God. And this is an amazing thing. The book of Nehemiah brought this reality to me when I, I did a study through it and brought many messages to a fellowship in Brisbane where Nehemiah was challenged with the, the devastation that the nation had experienced and were experiencing. And he set a task for himself by the Spirit of the Lord to come back and then instigate the rebuilding of the walls. And it, it, it eventuated that his, his direction and leadership caused families alongside of families building the wall right at their home. This is the grassroots of the Christian faith. We live and where we're planted, we grow and we affect those around us and that the church is established on family. The church is family. My family joining with the families that are in Brisbane. We are part of you. You're part of us because we're in Christ. And this is the beauty and the wonder that is Christianity. It is unique. We can go anywhere in the world and, and I can feel oneness in, in heart and in sense and direction and purpose. And that is not the same as the Rotary Club. And that's not the same as any other religion. This is unique because it is instigated by the God of eternity who has purposed to put us here for such a time as this. So we've got to get over ourselves in many ways and the things and the baggage that we've brought along from the things that we've known or the things that we think we've been taught that we've got a handle on. When people think they've got a handle on God, I tell you, he blows your mind in the next minute. So we've got to put off baggage. We've all come with baggage. We've all come from different places and you've gathered here in this fellowship. Don't try and superimpose what you think you know. Know Jesus. Love Jesus. Follow Jesus. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. We need to be fishers of men these days. The the subject matter of my messages really is be real in your Christianity and be effective in your Christianity. Reach the lost. Every opportunity, share Christ. Testify of what he has done in your heart, in your life. Your life's unique. You have the only been the only one walking the path that the Lord's been directing you. You have a testimony. It's valid. 
It's worthwhile. We are all valid and, 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 and wonderful. And who we are, God has made us unique, but he's also brought us into family. So there's some adjustment and there's some things that have got to be ground off and adjusted and made so that we fit together. And the work of the Holy Spirit purposes that when we submit, we get over our pride, we get over our different doctrines and aspects and we just say, I surrender it all. Lord, make me like you. Don't mean make me like somebody else that I've heard and a preacher. Stop looking for personalities. Our internet is full of great teaching. And I tell you, it's sometimes the biggest trap. Listen to the people who are near you, who are investing their lives in the Word of God, who are living the Word of God in a day-to-day capacity. And your pastor does this. I do this at home. I, I, I work secularly as a handyman and I pastor a church of... You know, there's some 84 families, 150-odd, 160-odd people. A small gathering of believers who love Jesus. And we've got to come together, put off the differences, have a heart of unity. Throughout Acts, there is a clear distinction of the oneness of mind, one in unity, one in faith, one in purpose. With one accord is the phrase. With one accord, you'll see that. Look through the passages in the book of Acts and you'll see the oneness. We have to be of the same mind, having the mind of Christ being renewed. I had not intended to say any of that, but I pray that the Lord would just challenge you. Come together as a body. Love one another as you love him. And if, he allow, if you allow his love to flood your heart, it will travel, it will move, and you will love the unlovely. And in this world, there are so many damaged people. And we have to love them practically, naturally. Draw them after Christ and let, let the love of Christ flood us for He is love. And because of His love, He died for us and gave Himself a ransom for many. As for many. Well, we've been looking at these, this, only one message really, but... For me, it's, it's just been a, a process of working through from uh, Isaiah. Turn with me back again, please. Isaiah 59. We prefaced our study uh, in looking at the book of Luke, chapter 21. And if you remember the ch- chapter 21, it's explaining what the events will be, the stage, how it's been set up for the end time events. The rapturing away of the church, the coming or the second coming specifically of the Messiah to the earth physically. What do you say? Enough, gentlemen. The times and purposes of God are fulfilled. I am taking over from here. And I can't wait for that day. But I'm so longing to get off this place. Stop the world. I want to get off. My heart is aching for home, but... Like Paul was said, I'd rather be in heaven, but for you, for the fellowship, for people, for the sake of the cause of Christ, I will do what he challenges me to do. And that needs to be our heart. That needs to be our resolve. How can we be more Christ-like today? Not our pet loves or pet uh, doctrines that we want to hold to. Forget it. Put it aside. Come and love the Lord Jesus and follow him. Learn of me, he says. Learn of me. So the stage is set for the end time events. 
and, and our, our, your pastor challenged me with uh, trying to bring something on uh, cultural Marxism. I started to look at it and found that it was just too much for me to even tackle. I'm, I'm ill-equipped. Someone who uh, has uh, more time to study uh, needs to look at this and bring it to you. And I did prepare some notes. They are at the back on the back table um, that you can grab. It will be a starting point that you could do some research if you want to. But the caveat is that all of nearly every one of them, there's, I think there's only one that's really Christian. Every one of them are non-Christians. And they have agendas and they have a reason for their writings But in saying that, they are seeing clearly what cultural Marxism and how it's affecting this nation, how it's affecting our world. And it's all setting the stage for the Antichrist to be presented. A one world government will be in place. A one world religious system will be in place. Everything, even through Christendom, hear that word, not Christianity, not true biblical Christ following Christianity, Christendom. There is a move, a deviation from holding the truth, the inerrancy of Scripture. Let's make it emotional. Let's make my opinion about Scripture. What are my conclusions are? So they're forgetting that and it's their thinking or thought about Scripture rather than the reality of Christ and preaching Christ and Him crucified as Paul expounded. So all of these things are in process now. And we are heading to the end time scenario. But Jesus has won. He is Lord. He is risen from the dead. And He is Lord. Do not lose sight of our hope in Christ. Even when you see these things, what is the call in the passage of Luke 21? The last phrase, when you see these things come about, look up, lift up your heads for your redemption draws nigh. The redemption, the final conclusion, the culmination of our sanctification, the process of working through growing grace by grace, Precept on precept, line by line, knowing the work of Christ in us comes to a complete finality and we are changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. We should be like him for we shall see him as he is. And this is our hope, friends. We're just passing through. This is not forever. This light and momentary affliction is working for us a far greater weight of glory. The revealing of the Son of God. And we have a down payment of that, friends, this morning. In our hearts, we sang about Him. Did you enter in? Did you just spectate, though? Did you just sit on the outside? Or did your heart just grab hold of the Saviour and reach for that hymn and say, Lord, I need you more this morning than I need yesterday? the weakness and frailty of my flesh, the the deviation of my mind to, to go places where it doesn't need to go. Lord, break the bondages of sin. Set me at liberty because your blood has done this for me. Wonderful Savior. Wonderful Savior, fit me for eternity. Is that your heart cry this morning when we sang the table of remembrance this morning? Is it ritual to you? Is it, oh, well, we don't have it. You get all upset. 
Get beyond the tradition of things. Get to the reality of why. It's a call to remember. And I'm so glad in the assembly in Brisbane we do it every week. And I will not step back from that. Because I can't walk you through the way your mind is applied to the table of remembrance. But I just keep calling, keep calling. Come and see him. Come and see. Come and see the Saviour. Come and see his majesty and his beauty. Come and see the glory of what he's done in Calvary. He has set us at liberty. The curse of sin is broken. The chains and the keys of hell and death are gone. Set free to worship him. Set free to live and serve him. Beautiful Saviour. Luke set the stage. And I found ourselves looking to Isaiah. And it it came to me as I was considering a scripture while in prayer. um, And at our corporate prayer meeting on a Monday night a couple of weeks ago. And the Lord directed me to to Isaiah 59. And, And the verse in particular was... I think verse 19, um, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me for... No, sorry, wrong passage. Uh, that's over a couple of chapters. Um, uh, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. You know, I've taken that as a, a, a correct and true translation, but we'll get to that later today. Um, it, it's actually probably a little bit misguided, and it, uh, the overlay in the King James is not quite clear enough. Uh, It's a little bit different to that, and we'll get to that in a minute. But that launched me to to look at this whole passage, the setting. Here we have Isaiah in his day and generation seeing these incredible atrocities, seeing wickedness, seeing every perversion, and he's prophesying to the event. But in, in seeing the reality that's before him, he's prophesying of what will be. And this is our day, and this is our time. And the same thing is repeating. We never learn from history. We just keep on perpetuating things. Look at the children of Israel. Look at the kings. They were good kings, bad kings, bad kings, bad kings, good kings, good kings, good kings, good kings. Bad kings, bad kings, bad kings, bad kings. <laughs> they, they were just horrible. And the nation went after them. And they, they took on the, 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 the worship of the foreign gods. They, they, they had mixed multitude Their hearts were never pure. The whole call is to just follow Jesus. Trust and obey. For there is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Make him Lord this morning. He is Saviour and he is Lord. All to Jesus I surrender. Well, we've looked... At the first section, I divided up, and I'm not going to try and go over the first section, only to look at verse 4 of Isaiah 59, Isaiah 59, verse 4. No one calls for justice, nor does any plea for truth. We now jump down, please, to verse 14. Isaiah 59, 14, justice is turned back and righteousness stands afar off for truth is fallen in the street and equity can't enter. Verse 15, so truth fails 
And he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. Then the Lord saw it and it displeased him and there was, that there was no justice. Truth's an interesting aspect, isn't it? What is the substance of truth? Philosophers deviate people's thinking to high thought and, 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 a, and a claim. But it has no substance. There's no life in it. It's dead. The only truth that is real is Jesus. The only truth that sustains is Jesus. It's not that truth fails. It's that truth is rejected. The law had been given. This is a period of time that the nation had been established. It goes into captivity. Moses had given the law. The truth had been there, though the reality of what God required of humanity is there. And like we and them, written on our hearts is those commandments that guide us and govern us day by day in every situation. What is the Lord saying to us? How do I respond? What should I think? Where should I go? What should I keep my eyes from? What should I keep my hands back from? Guard my feet, where we talked about last night. They ran to evil. Where are you going? What are you doing? What are you saying? What is the substance of your heart? Because God stayed the same and his laws have not changed. His governance has not changed. His authority has not diminished. His power is all sufficient. His glory is immense. The goodness of God on display. Truth didn't fail. Truth has been rejected. And that is our day. Truth is rejected on every level. We want to destroy the knowledge of God. Because if we have to admit that there is a God, we have a responsibility to find out what he requires. And man's fist is just there in rebellion. No to you. When God created all things, he created the worlds, he, 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 he created the earth. He made the heavens and, they, and, and, and then he made the, the seas, he made the mountains. He said of the seas, come thus far and no more, and they obeyed. Everything he did, and now it still holds together by the word of his power. How is it that our, our universe holds in place the orbits are systematic, timed and perfect, planned? The knowledge and the glory is, is, is unthere for us to see. But man, God says to him, follow me. Look at my son. Measure yourself against him. He is the one of truth. He is the one of justice. We say, no. I'm an authority. I, I can do it my way. We reject the truth. We reject Christ. Do you realize that our world doesn't even refer to truth? They don't even want to know about it. In October, sorry, in, in, in 2016... When the debates in, in regarding Brexit and the, the, the Trump campaign were, were getting on, there was a word that was, in, that was so used everywhere on, a, on the political stage. The Oxford Dictionary chose this word as the word of the year 
in 2016. Post-truth. Huh? Say it again. Post-truth. What does that mean? Well, let's me, let me see if I can find it again. I, I forgot to print it off and put it into my notes. So let me just refresh my memory of where it is. Yeah, a little writing doesn't help me much these days. Um, the dictionary defines post-truth as relating to or denoting circumstances in which objective facts are less influential in shaping public opinion than appeals to emotion and personal belief. Post-truth. Word of the year, 2016. It's not that truth has failed. Truth is rejected. And this is the substance of cultural Marxism. This is one tenet. Destroy the truth. Destroy the knowledge of God. Deviate. Bring perversion. Because it's the inverse of truth. You can't have a straight way and a crooked way that are the same. God makes us straight. Peter, in his great discourse, when he stands up on the day of Pentecost, save yourselves from this perverse or crooked or meandering generation. This untoward, save yourselves from this untoward generation, I think the King James renders it. This generation is untoward, broken. It's like a dog's hind leg. It's bent and it can't be straightened. Its, it's, its purpose is that way. And this is the purpose and the brokenness of humanity because of sin. We are sinners and therefore we sin. It is our nature and we need a new nature. We need Christ in us. We need him to renew us and refresh us and change us. And it's a miraculous work. It's a sovereign work. It's a supernatural work. Post-truth. But when you talk of truth and you reflect on the person of Jesus, the incredible prayer that he prayed, not not the pattern prayer in, in Matthew, but the Lord's prayer. Turn with me please to John chapter 17. John chapter 17, which is truly the, the greatest discourse on prayer that one can see. Our Lord praying to the Father, praying for us, praying for you now. He prayed in his prayer prophetically, knowing that you would come to faith in him. Maybe you don't know him yet. I challenge you. Are you serving yourself? Are you happy with the state of your heart? Are you guilt-ridden? Christ will cleanse every spot, every wrinkle. He'll make every path straight. Verse 14 of John 17. I have given them your word. He gave him up himself. But he spoke to them. He communicated to them the purposes of God, the life of God and his Three and a half years. This is right at the end of his life. He's facing Gethsemane. He's going to the cross. And he's praying in the garden. I have given them your word. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. 
I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. Did you hear that? There's a purpose in us being here. In the divine purposes of God. Even in the midst of the struggle that we are facing today. God is with us. He's prayed for us. I do not pray that you should, be t- that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Wonderful. They are not of the world just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. The only reference to truth is Jesus. He is the personification of all truth. The only truth. The only reference for anything pure, holy, just of a moral inclination, of creation, of science, of every aspect is found in Jesus. Because by his word, he sustains everything. And it's only the word of his power. He spoke the worlds. He spoke the worlds. And the worlds came into being. As you sent me, in verse 18, into the world, I also have sent them into the world And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. The Lord saw that he had to also be measured up against his own law. And was he? Yes. Thanks be to God. We read of it this morning. Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. When he suffered and died, and then he, 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 he ascended Not the day of ascension, but presented himself to the Father. He became the first man in glory. And we hear the great anthem in Psalm 24. Who is this King of glory? It's a question that's been asked by the the psalm writer. Who is he? Why are you here? Be lifted up, ye everlasting gates. Be lifted up, ye everlasting doors. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The King of glory has entered in. And presented himself to the Father. Here I am. On the basis of me and what I've done. The accomplished work of Calvary. These are all mine. You're all mine. You're all mine. Because my blood avails for those who by faith have trusted in Jesus. To save us from our sins. And fit us for glory. Wonderful. Wonderful truths. Verse 20, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That speaks to you and me today. Prophetically in his prayer before he dies, he's seeing the potential of the the, uh, available sacrifice of atoning work for us. Wonderful. He sees us and he knows us. It's not something that was just done 2,000 years ago. It's what is reality of Christianity in the changed life of a believer who follows him. It's miraculous, friends. He can break the power of sin. He can break the bondages of our life. He can set us free so that we can be adopted and brought into his family.
wonderful. The immortal and eternal words found in John chapter 14. You know how it starts. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in me, believe also in God. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, my beloved. And if I go, I come again. Philip's, where are you going with it? We don't know. He still hasn't got it yet. It needs the crucifixion and it needs the resurrection. And the reality hits them. And when they've come back on the beach and, and, and Jesus has prepared coals and fish for them to eat and they've gone fishing, they've, they've left everything off. Oh, this Christianity, this, I can't understand it. We've been with him for three and a half years and he's gone. There's Jesus prepared. Come, come and take. Come and partake of the bread of life, of my preparation. Peter, do you love me? Do you love me more than these disciples that you're with? Do you love me? Feed my sheep. And the whole discourse unfolds and they get it. Faith and trust. Walk with him. Yes, Lord, you know me. You know my failings. I'm just not able to tell you that I love you yet in the way you want me to. I'll just walk with you as a friend for now. Build your agape love into me. Make me like you. And as we grow in Christ... We are changed as by the Spirit of the Lord. Glory to glory. Verse 6 of John 14, Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So the idea in this world is deny truth, deny the knowledge of God, reject it. But the words of Christ stand for every heart to hear and our lives reinforce that. If we follow him. Back to our passage in Isaiah 59, 14 and verse 15. So truth fails and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. What a description. He who departs from evil. Do you feel preyed upon? In my Christian walk, I do. The antagonism, when, they, when, when people find out that, oh, you're one of them, are you? Yeah, right. Are you one of those wacky ones? Yeah, I, yeah I'm with you, brother. I am so thankful in my day-to-day work and as a handyman, I, and I work you know, three to four days a week in, in, in people's homes as working for real estate companies to do repairs. I have the opportunity to share the gospel. I I go into broken homes. I see the devastation that life has exacted on these people. They need Jesus. And I'm so thankful that many, very often I'm able to share the gospel with them and leave tracks or do something. I, I just don't have the time to go out in the street. I'd love to, but I just don't have the time. But practically every day my heart is, Lord, direct me. What am I going to do? And the Lord keeps me in that because there was one, one situation, um, where a lady had rung me, was given my number and rang me uh, for it to do some work and needed, no, sorry, that's wrong. I needed to arrange a time to go see her. So we started talking and 
somehow we got on to church and Christianity and, 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 and spiritual things. And right then there was sort of a, something's not done that, it doesn't add up here. I made a time, purpose to go and see her, and before I even left, because I got myself organised with tracks and a, a card that had my name on it at least, and I was going to give it to her. And the Lord said to me, I, I, I knew the witness of the Lord, don't give her anything. Don't give her a thing. I said, okay, Lord. I, I, I'm, uh, and I'm not into this, you know, thus saith the Lord stuff and, and all this mystical aspect. It's not me. You, if you know me, that's not what I... But the clear distinction in my heart challenged, if you, don't do it. Don't give her a thing. I arrived there. I got into the home. Immediately, everywhere, there was every fetish. Um, there, there were little fires burning that they've obviously sacrificed animals on. I looked out of the garden and there were heads, skulls of every animal that I can think of on the fence. She was a witch. She was a full-on witch. And we were talking about Christian things. She told me that she is always at Hillsong. She sits in Hillsong. She's very comfortable in Hillsong. And I'm, I'm, I'm just, I don't even know what to do. I don't know what to say. But I said, I, 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 aren't you going to give me a cut? I said, no, I can't. She said, why? Because you're d- directly involved in the occult. You're a witch. Yeah, but aren't you going to try and, try, try and get me out? I said, no, I can't help you. I can't. There's nothing I could do. I was trying to get out of there as fast as I went in that door. I was, I was, I really was. I got in and got the quote done and I was off. I said, no, I can't give you anything, sorry. But, but you're a Christian, you've got, to, you've got to save me. I can't save anybody. Remember that. We don't save anybody. I can't help anybody. I can present Jesus. I can live Jesus. Paul says in his discourse in 1 Corinthians, Paul waters, or Paul plants, and Apollos waters, but God gives the increase. God saves. Jesus saves. And I was out of there. I, I didn't give her anything, and I, I left, and I, I knew what she was after. She wanted, she wanted something that she could, she could identify and practice her witchcraft. She wanted to curse me. She wanted to do all these things that are part of her life. And I was thankful that I heard the Lord clearly speak to my heart, don't do it, don't give her anything. If we're not waiting on the Lord to that extent, we will keep bumping around into the things that we shouldn't. Their feet ran to evil, the wicked, that's what they're doing. Watch where your feet go, watch where your hands are. Watch what you hear. Watch what you see. What is the the psalm? Psalm 119 is so beautiful. Keep those worthless things from our eyes. There is a challenge to you men. You must cut off everything. It's an act of your will. Men particularly, please guard your eyes. Guard your hearts. Wait on the Lord. Know his voice. Think of the situation that is currently on the mouths of nearly every Australian with a man whose name represents a nation that is under persecution. Israel Folau. Israel Folau and his wife. Because he dared just to put a meme up on Facebook or Instagram or wherever it was originally that listed 
one word specifically of a whole other range of words. Gee, words have power, don't they? <laughs> it's caused us such a firestorm. And in my opinion, he's right. I wrote an article and it's on uh, our website and I've posted it to our Facebook page for the, for the church. Uh, I think there's something like 1,500 people that have already seen it and some 300 that have actually read it or clicked on the web and there's a few comments there. Just brought it into the light of Christianity. Don't shrink back from presenting Christ. Be a Christian. Be the person in the gap. We've, we've overread and I haven't even got to those points of a person who's going to stand in the gap. We will, might, might get there. The whole purpose of what the world is doing is to destroy us and it has attacked or, uh, or it has brought to light seven. How many fingers? I don't, know, I don't even know. Seven points particularly that they are attacking to destroy the truth and prey upon everything. And, and the points are the arts, Hollywood, even non-for-profits, media in every form, the workplace, education, government, religion. True biblical historical Christianity is directly under attack. They are undertaking the inerrancy and the sufficiency of this book. You have to put it to rest. Everything for life and godliness is here. All scripture is given. There's not a word, not a jot, not a tittle that is not being watched over by God to ensure it comes to pass. What does the Psalms tell us? He has honoured his word above his name. This is why the prophecy of Christians is so important. The prophecy in the Old Testament were tested. What is Deuteronomy 18 talks about how we evaluate prophecy. And they, in their, in their time and day, because of uh, the, the law of God, they stoned those who would pro- dare to assume to speak for God. If we do not have the same earnestness and fear of God in that way that if if we're going to step out and speak for the Lord it better be the truth it better be based on the word of God it better meet every requirement that's there but at the same time don't shrink back when the spirit of the Lord is upon us to deliver words of knowledge and prophecy and that is what's required in these days I see because of uh, the antagonism and because we become prey, the Lord is going to again move again in such a way that these things that are of the New Testament, particularly the book of Acts, unfolding the purposes and the gifts of, of the Spirit, which are God's gifts that He gives to the individual. These healing ministries that are out there and saying, I'm a healing ministry, I've got the gift of healing. No, He hasn't got the gift of anything except for a big mouth. God gives a gift and the gift is to the person who's going to receive the healing. That's where the gift is and that's who receives it. And I believe it. We've had testimony in our fellowship so many times recently of the Lord really moving and healing. lady who was uh, legally blind and, 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 and was fronting up for surgery given the clean bill of health. Recorded. Not just... A fictitious, ambiguous declaration, but traceable, trackable proof, which I must have. I can't just willy-nilly 
And, and the dear lady has just got simple faith and such a, an encouragement. See the Lord at work in your daily lives. Trust and obey. Trust and obey. Call on his name every moment of the day. Call on that name of Jesus. He is there to be a help to you. The Holy Spirit will empower you and he will shine forth when it's required in our day and generation, particularly in these times where we're becoming prey. They want to destroy the knowledge of God in us. And a true Christian, biblical Christian, like the nation of Israel, they want to remove because it stops and thwarts their plans. It holds them up. And while we're here, and while there's time, redeem the time. Well, I don't know what time I've gone for, but I don't even know where we're, we're at. Well, why not? Okay, redeem the time. Have a coffee. Uh, let's, let's break, shall we? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word that it doesn't change. We thank you that though men are rejecting it, we have accepted with a full heart, Lord, knowing the assurance of faith, Lord, because we're anchored in Christ, by Christ, for the glory of God, that Jesus may be worshipped and honoured. Help us, Lord, to uh, purpose to live for you, to follow you, to love you in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message. You're welcome to duplicate this message in its entirety for non-profit purposes. For more information and resources, visit cgc.org.au.